You're listening to The Main Course, where food is serious business. Listen along for insights, strategies, forecasts, and thought leadership from the front lines of food with your host, Barbara Castiglia. Welcome to The Main Course. I'm Barbara Castiglia of Modern Restaurant Management. Today, we get to learn a lot from the experience of someone who's been in the industry for more than 30 years. So with me today is Izzy Karish, who is the president of Hospitality Works, which is a consulting firm. So Izzy, welcome. First, tell me what interested you in starting a career in hospitality? Well, Barbara, um... I started actually in high school and I've never done anything else. I was immediately passionate about working in restaurants. Uh, I've always been in the industry in some way. And when I left high school, I went into the army, uh, was a food inspector for uh, the U.S. Army for six years and went to chef school, worked as a chef for a number of years and uh, later on moved into uh, setting up a consulting company in 1987. So. Uh, it's the only industry or career I've ever uh, really worked in. So, you know, you, you were talking a little bit, you had your time in the Army and you also worked at Harvard. Um, and do you think those kind of experiences kind of, um, you know, help help you understand a lot about um, the restaurant environment and how you um, teach others? Absolutely. One of the things that really makes, uh, you know, myself, my company very different from a lot of consulting companies is that, you know, not only did I go to chef school, and as you said, I worked at Harvard University as their executive chef for uh, all the private dining uh, at the school. So I have a lot of back of the house um, experience. And then later I transitioned to uh, front of the house and operations and development and training. And uh, now when I work with clients, I'm able to work with them uh, both on the front end and on the back end. So if they're creating a new menu, I can really look at it and say, this will work, or this is how we should set it up. This is how it goes from the kitchen to the dining room. Uh, so I've really been able to combine that back of the house experience uh, working as a chef to uh, you know, trans, you know, transferring it or uh, to how does it all affect the front of the house and then really being able to train servers and bartenders from from that aspect as as well. We spend a lot of time focused on food and flavor and passion about food. Uh, so it, it really was very helpful for me to have that experience as you know where I'm at in my career today. So tell me a little bit about who have been your clients over the years um, and what you've done for them. Well, I have worked with uh, certainly a lot of restaurants, uh, full service and casual self-service. I do a lot of work with uh, casinos and all the casinos I've done work with, for the most part, have been Native American uh, casinos starting very early in 1990 with uh, the first casino that I worked with when they were just really getting started. So uh, that was a big piece for me. And now I also work with hotels uh, setting up their food service programs and setting up the room service programs. Um, uh, so those those are some of my clients. And my clients today really are, are two different clients. One is the person or company that's going to develop a brand new concept. And I work with them uh, from day one, looking at demographics, doing the financials, uh, doing the construction budget. Uh, hiring, you know, all the contractors, getting the restaurant concepted, 
writing menus, and then taking them all the way to opening day with training and beyond. So that's one group of clients. And the other group of clients are restaurants that are failing. You know, I think obviously um, COVID was a big year for me for that piece of the business because everybody had to shut their doors. They had to do business a whole new way. Um, and I worked with a number of clients reconcepting, setting up pickup, delivery, curbside, you know, anything that we could do uh, to get them through uh, that process. And otherwise, you know, I'd have clients that come to me who have been in the business for 5, 10, 15 years or more, and they're losing money, anywhere between, you know, 25000 a year to 300000 And I step in, analyze what's going on, and once I figure it out, put together a strategy and, and actually take over that restaurant for a period of time to get them on the right footing back to profitability. Now, how did they find you? Is it through word of mouth? Are they doing internet searches and finding you that way? Uh, sometimes it's internet searches. Uh, mostly it's word of mouth. I, have, I work all over the country. I travel uh, extensively. I, I usually am in you know at least two cities every week of the year. Um, and sometimes they find out about me through other restaurant tours. Uh, sometimes it's through vendors and vendors, you know, uh, have a self-interest. They go to, you know, they, they will call me and say, boy, this, this client hasn't paid their bill in 60 days. We think they're having a problem. Can we recommend that they talk to you? Because they know that we'll get them straightened out. We'll get them back on the right road to profitability. And then that vendor will get paid. And it also strengthens the relationship between that vendor uh, and and the owner. So that that's where a lot of my business comes from. And you know, being interviewed or writing articles, uh, doing seminars at national shows, um, all those things contribute to how people find out about me. So one of your titles is the restaurant coach. So what exactly does a restaurant coach do? You know, it really is. Uh, it, I think you know, like uh, you might see on on TV with uh, the, the coach in the uh, locker room with the team that's losing. And, you know, he really has to get in the trenches with them and analyze every little thing and, and get everybody motivated uh, to get back in there. And, and a lot of my clients, they were the ones uh, who came up with that name when uh, I was working with them. And they, they said, boy, you know, you really feel like, you know, you're a, you're a coach on premise with me, uh, you know, all the time. So I get in there. Uh, work very closely with the owner, let them know what they're doing right, let them know what they're doing wrong. And then, you know, I get on the whiteboard and we put together a, uh, a game plan. And then I don't just leave them with it and send them to the field to execute it. I'm there to lead them in the execution of any strategy uh, I put together. So um, I think they also, some of my clients, like the uh, the tough love that they might get from a coach sometimes. It's not always good news, but it's it's accurate and it's straightforward. So what are some common things that they get right and some common mistakes that you see? Uh, well, you know, a, a restaurant that's losing money, you know, what do they get right? Well, certainly their heart's in the right place. They want to give the best customer service. Um, you know, they work very hard at that. And where they typically go wrong, you know, in the situation where uh, the restaurant is losing money after a period of time is that they have put too much trust in their key management. And, uh, and when I come in and I look at the numbers and I do a secret shop, 
what I find a lot of times is that the managers are taking advantage of the owner. They're giving out bottles of wine, they're comping food, they're overpouring drinks, they're, they're running it like it's their own little club without any concern to profitability. So, you know, what I do is I, I work closely with the owner. I put together financials that they can read and react to. Um, and then I get in the game with them. We sit down, we'll either fire the managers or let them know mistakes are being made uh, and we get them corrected. But uh, bar none, I mean, the, the owners are always, uh, you know, they're very trusting and uh, they, they really uh, think that uh, everybody has their best, uh, you know, wishes uh, at heart. It's not always the case. And, and so things get too lax. So that's when an owner's uh, losing money. When I help an owner who's developing a restaurant, um, I think the biggest help I give to them is uh, focusing on the budget. You know, we put together a budget in the beginning. If that budget's a, you know, $2 million budget, I'm very focused on sticking to it. Where owners get a little, um, you know, outside of that is when they start to see interior design things. Oh, I like this. I like this. Let's do that. And the next thing you know, they're starting to look at a budget that is now $3 million and, and, and they have to be walked back because their success is sticking to the program. Where restaurants fail at that point is if we have a $2 million budget, but they overspend by a million, that restaurant's never going to be successful. They're never going to be able to pay the debt that they weren't prepared for. So that, that's the biggest thing I offer in terms of coaching then, uh, which is, hey, we came up with a plan together. We have to stick to the plan if we're going to win. So it's really a matter of you know setting that foundation and keeping uh, track of the bottom line at all costs. Absolutely. I, I just went through this with a client last week. They saw a great piece of equipment that they wanted for their kitchen. It was $8,000 more than we had planned to spend for that particular piece. And, you know, the owner said, well, I really want it. I said, great, let's get it. Uh, but you have to tell me where we're going to cut $8,000 somewhere else because we can't just buy it without you know, getting ourselves back on track so that we re-looked at everything and we took a little bit away from here and, and there and, and we were able to shore up uh, $8,000. So he got what he wanted and still was able to stay in budget. And, you know, do you think that that in most cases that owners and operators would just go with, oh, I'll just buy it and think that they could get it back in the, you know, make it back at, at some point later um, as opposed to what you're suggesting, which is, you know, looking at the, you know, taking a look at the money right then and there and saying, okay, but if you want this, you have to, you know, you have to cut somewhere else. Yeah. I, I mean, you actually, and uh, anybody, uh, you know, listening to the podcast, you have seen it before. You see a restaurant open and within a year or two, they're closed. I can tell you absolutely that the reason that they closed was they spent too much money in the beginning and could not pay their debt. You know, a restaurant that closes after five or eight or 10 years, it's a whole different story. You know, they may not have kept up with the trends. They, you know, let things fall apart, you know, other things. But a restaurant that closes in less than five years can always go back, be traced back to um, how they spent their money before they opened. So what kind of money should they have in reserve? for, you know, for that first few years? Well, you know, any of my customers, and I was just actually in Dallas yesterday working with a client on this very thing. They bought a building, they're building it out. We're going to have a great restaurant there. Their original budget, um, 
what, that they thought that they needed to build this restaurant was 200,000. I worked out the numbers with them. It's actually 500. So right off the bat, they know, wow, we've got to raise that much more capital to be successful. And then the question is, how much should we have in reserves? I, I like to have my client had 20% of the total investment in cash reserves um, so that if it doesn't take off the way that we want in the beginning, they have reserves to make payroll, to buy inventory, to do those kind of things. But a restaurant that overspends by a half million to a million dollars, it doesn't matter what they have in reserves. They will never recover. So do you, you think it's that kind of being naive and thinking, oh, I'm going to open a restaurant and everybody's going to come? Um, because they're excited about it, that they think that, you know, it's just going, this is just going to happen. Yeah, I, I do think that. And, and they're often right, right? They're going to build a restaurant. People see it being built. They're very excited. And the people do come. But sometimes, you know, this is a case of, you know, be careful what you wish for. Because if they haven't cost the product out correctly, if they haven't showed people how to pour a drink correctly, they could have these people spending a lot of money and every item that we serve, we could be losing money on it. So, uh, you know, they really have to do their homework on if we're going to charge $10 for this item, we need to only spend $3 on the cost so we can, you know, have a profit to pay uh, all of our other bills. But, but that excitement does get people uh, in trouble um, because sometimes they rush to get open without the right training. And then you have all these people come in for the first week and they get bad service and uh, it's going to take a lot to bring them back. So, uh, you know, everything, everything is in the balance when they get ready to open for sure. So are there still people going into the business who aren't paying attention to the cost of goods and, you know, and the, the financial, um, you know, and have that kind of financial wherewithal um, to really construct a menu that makes financial sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because um, there are, you know, I, I look at everybody and before I take them on as a client, you know, we have a big discussion about what do you want to spend? What's the ultimate goal? And, you know, do you have the wherewithal to do that? So, you know, I work with a lot of doctors and lawyers. They have plenty of money. They want to do it. I, I don't want them to overspend just because they have other income that can support it. The goal is to build a business that could sustain itself. Um, but, you know, interestingly enough, uh, you know, I get a number of clients, probably one call a week um, from somebody who is a veteran uh, who is getting out of the service or has been out of the service for a year or two and they want to open up a restaurant or a bar. And I spend a lot of time with them saying, is this the right decision? You're going to have to mortgage your house. You're going to have to use all of your income. And, you know, you, you have this retirement money that we don't want to interrupt. So, um uh, they, you know, then I want to make sure that everybody has their ducks in a row because they don't have that big income that a doctor or lawyer might have to sustain them, you know, for that additional eight months that will help get them to success. So when you talk to people who are interested in, you know, in entering the wonderful world of hospitality, are, are there kind of commonalities um, as to their reasons for wanting to become part of the industry? Well, it, it, there is, and, and I hear it all the time, you know, people, oh, I love going to restaurants. It's so great. I love the service. And, and it looks easy when you're sitting there as a customer and somebody comes to the table and they're getting you a drink and they're doing it all right. Uh, you know, it looks great. And you go, oh, I, I'd love to open a restaurant and have this. And 
So it's it's one of those things that looks easy that um, you know when you get into it, you know, it's, it's it's not so easy. And I actually just told this to one of my doctor clients not too long ago, who said, "Oh, I, you know, I, I love going to restaurants, and I know I could do the business because I really love food and I love service." And I, and, and uh, you know, I said, "Doctor, you know, uh, I have a brain. That does not mean I can necessarily go into brain surgery tomorrow because I like it." You know, these are, it takes time, it takes study, it takes, you know, that's why people go to school and get masters and PhDs in hospitality and those kind of things. It is not an easy business. Yeah, it's like all the times people say, I think it would be fun to run a restaurant. And it's like, yeah, it's a lot of work, people. <laughs> There's a lot that goes into it. And, uh, and you know, most of the, the people that, you know, that I see that are, you know, really have a heart for hospitality, like yourself, they're, you know, they they kind of made that decision early on that this just spoke to them and you know there there are no other career choices for them but did you ever have um come across something that challenged you that kind of made you rethink your career path you know i, I think the only other thing that i would have done uh is teaching so you know when i about about let's see i was about 28 uh, or so I started teaching at Kendall College in Chicago. And then um, I teach uh, every year or two at a university in Switzerland. Um, I have taught courses at Roosevelt University in Chicago and UNLV, uh, guest lecturing there. So I am passionate about, I think, teaching is really what I love. And I, and I love that I've been able to build my company into really um, a teaching company for hospitality that people can come in and, and get all the information that they need uh, and make the decisions before they invest. You know, people will pay me to do their financials and walk them through uh, everything before they invest uh, another dollar in the restaurant business. And once we get past the financials and it looks great, they go, okay, wonderful, we're ready to, to invest. Or sometimes I do it and people uh, go, wow, I didn't know it was going to take so much money and so much time. And uh, that the profitability wasn't what I thought it was. And thank you for, you know, teaching us this because we are not going to go into this business. And to me, that's a real success. So you hit a little bit on about your own, you know, pandemic experiences. Um, but tell me a little bit more about about how you helped restaurants pivot. And, you know, you were, you were talking about, you know, being on the road um, were you grounded for for a time, and um, and how are things going and getting back up now as we're starting to recover? Well, last March, when all you know all the restaurants across the country were being closed, I contacted all of my customers and I said, "Look, as soon as your government, your local government or state government says that you can open, under whatever those conditions might be, I will come out and work with you to make you you know open successfully." So I was home for all of, you know, three weeks in the month of March, and I was on the road April 1st, because in Oklahoma, Arkansas, Texas, Florida, uh, Georgia, restaurants were being allowed to open at whatever that capacity was. And I went out and I put together a specialized COVID training for all of my clients. So we brought all of the employees in for a full day of classroom training, uh, so they learned all about COVID, how is it transmitted, what are the percentages, and how does it affect different ages, uh, and then what's the most important thing, you know, keeping things clean, sanitation. So 
Uh, the same day I did my presentation, we had all the employees doing a major cleaning uh, of our restaurants. And we took a lot of pictures. We took a lot of video. We interviewed the owners and, uh, you know, made sure the employees were trained. So when people came in, our employees had masks. They had gloves. We had new systems to filter uh, the air. Um, we were, you know, we had uh, every every server had uh you know, hand gel uh, in their in their pocket. So if somebody wanted, you know, some, they, they could just put their hand out and it was touchless and we just put a lid in their hand and they could, you know, clean their hand right there. But what made my customers successful was A, taking the time and investment to get their employees trained and educated. And the other important piece was the uh, taking pictures and video and then posting them every day for 10 to 12 days on our uh, Facebook so that our customers could see all the things that we are doing to get ready to keep them safe. And that's my number one thing. This, this is no longer a business about great customer service. This is a business about making your customer feel safe just to walk in the door. And I have to tell you, you know, we had a huge amount of comments, not only from our regular guests, but from a lot of people who had heard of the restaurant, they saw the social media and they said, I've never been to your restaurant before, but it really makes me feel safe that you're the first restaurant I'm going to come to. Um, so I did that, you know, uh, all over the country with all of my clients, um, because again, you know, great customer service is important, but it's not as important as making the guest truly safe and feeling safe. I know you had expressed um, that, you know, it's a matter of building trust with them, you know, through being, uh, transparent um, and through the training and all of these things that they're putting in place. Um, so how important is that now, you know, as we're really uh, reopening? You know, it's as important now, if not even more important, because again, now people have the ability, they see all these restaurants opening, but they still have some apprehension, right? They go into a restaurant, not like they did in 2019, where they would just walk in and, you know, look around briefly and and, uh, uh, and just go and sit down. These, you know, people are going to restaurants now, giving it a much closer eye than they did before. So, again, it's very important what they see. You know, I want them to see our staff wiping down menus, sanitizing the menus, sanitizing the tables, wearing the gloves. Bathrooms got to be spectacularly clean. Um, and people have to feel like we are doing our job uh, to keep them safe. And um, so it, because a lot of people are not going to come back to restaurants for another year, they're going to still get the to go orders and pick up and curbside. Um, so we're going to have a lot of business. But, you know, we want those customers to come back to our restaurant because they trust the restaurant and they enjoy the restaurant. So, um you know, what you're talking about, you know, is this, you know, the, the pivot that a lot of restaurants had to do. Um, so how are you recommending, um, you know, some of these challenges that they're facing? Um, should they be doing things with their more things with their menu to kind of mix it up or or make things that make sense um, that are more of a to go uh, to go items um, and. And what part does technology play in in helping them? Well, uh, it's interesting. I mean, we are, again, when I was in Dallas yesterday, we designed something I would not have designed two years ago. We designed into this full service restaurant and bar. And that is we created a uh, 
a pickup window uh, for the kitchen so that people can order online, uh, pay online, drive up to you know a window that's in an, uh, an out of the way place because we're not a drive through, uh, but they can come, you know, they can order online and then just pick up their food. Again, a lot of people are not gonna feel safe coming in. We wanna have that option. We wanna make it easy. Um, another thing is that, you know, in a lot of our restaurants, uh, we're creating a much bigger pickup area in the front by the front door for exactly the same reason. Wouldn't have designed that a couple of years ago because the demand for that kind of food service wasn't there. What COVID you know, has developed is a whole new end of the restaurant industry that's not gonna go away. Um, so we're gonna design restaurants much differently. But your question about technology is really the most interesting part of all this because there's a number of things going on right now not just in the hospitality industry, but in most industries across the board, and that is finding people to work for you, getting help. Um, and every single one of my restaurants across the country is in the same position. We are short anywhere from, you know, five people to 25 people. And we have to battle that. And unfortunately, what I am seeing and what I'm recommending to a number of my customers, which really, you know, cuts me to the quick is, well, you know, we need 25 servers. We can't find more than five. So how are we going to get food to people? How do we fill our restaurant up? Unfortunately, I'm looking very closely at the uh, table tents with the QR code so that you come in with your family, you click on the QR code, you bring it up on your phone, everybody, you just click everything that you want. Uh, you pay right there, you hit send, it prints in the kitchen. We send out a runner. Now we do have cocktail servers working the floor, so they're gonna take care of all your beverages, uh, cocktails, soft drinks, whatever you want. That part is gonna stay because we're not having quite a time time finding a few cocktailers. But at one of my restaurants, six months from now, we're gonna eliminate 30% of the staff through technology. And do you see that that's the trend of the future? I do. I don't. I don't see the people coming back to help uh, work in the industry. I see more and more technology, and and as much as people don't like it today, because I still like a server to come to my table. I still like, you know, having that interaction and and hearing more about the specials and having that one on one. Um, but many people in the industry uh, are going into other industries. You know, COVID. Uh, has kind of made them leery of, of hospitality and they're looking at, you know, medical, they're looking at, you know, other social services, things that, that can sustain, a, you know, another pandemic type event. Um, so unfortunately, and I've been telling people, I, I believe that that COVID is the single biggest game changer to hospitality in, in 50 years. So if I'm a restaurateur and I'm desperately looking for staff right now, what are some things I can do? Well, you know, certainly, you know, you go on Indeed, you look for people that way. Um, one of the things that's been really helpful, I mean, we've certainly put up a lot of ads. We, we have gone on our social media and we put ads up there. We keep expanding, you know, the, the circumference of where we're looking for people. Uh, and sometimes we find them. But one of the things that, for some odd reason, that seems to have clicked better than just that one-off ad, come see us anytime between you know, 10 and five, um, is that we have put together uh, job fairs. And what we're posting on all these different places is next Monday, 
you know, come to our restaurant and we have a job fair from 10 in the morning till five in the afternoon. And, uh, you know, we'll get you through the process and you can have a job that day. So, uh, you know, typically, uh, you know, we might get 20 to 30 people because it's a job fair, which sounds a lot better than we're just looking for help. But on the other end, I work with my customers. We have to have a host greet all these potential employees. We get them to sit down. We give them applications. Uh, as soon as that's done, we get them moved over so they can interview with one person. Uh, when they're done with that, they can interview with somebody else. Once they get approved, they move to another table. We you know, walk them through all the necessary paperwork. Uh, we do their pay rate. We get a schedule. We put them on the schedule, and they walk out without with a job. Um, but it takes a lot of work, and that seems to be right now the the, the thing that is working best for best for us, rather than just shooting a, kind of a shotgun blast of we need help. Um, I'm also asking my my owners to uh, connect with the local uh, VFW, local American Legion, uh, because there's a lot of veterans of all ages, but the younger veterans coming out who really are, you know, a little lost as what to do and they need to bring in some money. I, they're the perfect employees for us. Uh, it's, it's physical work, it's very focused, great way to you know start at one level and move up to another. So we're do, having to do a lot of you know reaching out, stopping to different places and, and seeing you know what we can do in local uh, charities that may also help people find jobs. You know, we're, do, we're doing all that. If we have to drive out and meet all these people and give them our cards and menus and tell them what we're looking for, they very often send people as well. So you've had a whole career in the hospitality industry. What can you recommend to someone um, who's starting off their career um, and might be apprehensive at this point to join the industry? Um, you know, again, for me, uh, it, it took me a while. I mean, I, I knew I was passionate about restaurants. I always liked what I did even when I was in high school, I liked what I did as a food inspector and then it you know, kind of made me go to become a chef. So it took me a little bit of time to find the right thing that was truly my passion in the industry itself. So, you know, what I would tell somebody is, um, you know, if you are interested in it, you know, what part of it are you interested in? And, you know, get a job at any level in a restaurant to test the waters. As, as a matter of fact, this, um, I have two, uh, two, two nephews, they're brothers, a couple of years apart. And when they were in college, the oldest one called me and said, hey, I graduated and I have my degree in business, but I bartended for a long time in college. And I'm thinking maybe I really want to work in hospitality. And I said, great, you know what, come to Chicago, work with me. I'll put you in with one of my customers and... Uh, you know, we'll give you a one week uh, crash course in the restaurant and hospitality industry. And uh, he lasted until Wednesday and said, Uncle Izzy, this is not for me. I said, good, go home. Uh, you know, he found out that what, you know, being a bartender was fun in college, not not fun for a lifetime. And his brother came out two years later. He was a philosophy major, uh, you know, one week in the restaurant business and he came back and he said, I'm going to chef school. I love this. So it doesn't take long to find out if it's an industry for you. Because for me, whether you start in dishwashing, busing, being a server, very quickly, you're going to find out if, you know, being that close to the public 
working with people, uh, serving people, uh, you're going to find out quickly, is this really what you want to do? And if it is, then I would say experience the industry and then get an education in hospitality. So what are some things that restaurant customers can do now um, to help their help and support their favorite restaurants? I mean, certainly, uh, you know, dining out uh, in their local area, uh, even if, you know, they're afraid to go into the restaurant, certainly giving local restaurants business by doing, you know, the carry out or curbside uh, or online. Um, but, uh, you know, certainly giving them that kind of business, sending people there. Uh, if you're going to have a party at home, getting the food from a local restaurant rather than going to just a general grocery store and buying, you know, X number of things. But, uh, you know, restaurants uh, live and die by uh, not only the customer who comes to the door the first time, but, but they, they make their money on the customer that loves them and comes back time after time. Um, so in whatever way they can support their, their local restaurant, that's, uh, you know, that's certainly worthwhile. So what is it that you love about restaurants and the dining out experience? Um, you know, for me, and I, I love dining out certainly for the food. Um, but a lot of the places that I would say are my favorite places. Many people would say, oh, you know, the food there is just so-so. And you know what? They're right. But I love walking into the, uh, into the door and the owner is passionate and welcomes you by name and, you know, really shows that they appreciate you as a customer and you sit down and you, you know, again, service isn't great, but the people really love the people that they serve and uh, enjoy what they're doing. And it just makes you smile and have a good time. So for me, it's not always, hey, I have to go out for the greatest meal ever. I just have to go out and have a good time and feel appreciated and, um, and enjoy uh, my time, you know, in that particular restaurant. And when people do it right with passion, it doesn't always mean that the food is going to be perfect every time, but the experience is going to be perfect every time. Thank you so much. This was perfect.